that what you're seeing right now is going to be the normal for a long time coming. Because I think God is even sick of church. Make some people mad sometimes, but I really believe what God is doing in the day and time that we live in is that He's raising up Davids and Elijahs and different men and women of God. And the fact of the matter is, is I've got to be careful, Pastor River, because if I'm not careful because of where I'm at, the things that I do, I, ca- I catch myself sometimes uh, in my mind thinking that I'm bigger than what I am. Mm. Well. <laughs> and I and I, I've got to I've got to humble myself, Sister Shay, and understand that you know what God's got men that are laying under bridges yeah. that have yet to answer His call, but they're going to answer yeah. because there's a clarion call right now that's being sent forth in the earth for men and women of God to rise up yes, in the middle of society, in the middle of the bridges, under bridges, in, 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 in the middle of neighborhoods where addictions are going on and murders are going on and all these things are happening. And there's a call right now in our world for men and women to get away from religious ideas and mindsets and come to a place of relationship with God and come to the understanding that we're in this world for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to give another person Jesus. Hello, somebody. A lot of times, I, I was thinking about the scripture coming up the road here. There was a woman that came to Jesus and asked him for bread, and he made a, he made a, a statement to her. He said, "He said I don't waste bread on just anybody." He said, "The bread belongs to the people of the kingdom." And she made the statement. She said, "She said, but Jesus, even the dogs eat from the crumbs." Of the table. Saying that even the world understands there are principles in the word of God. When it comes to understanding who God is and things of society. Whether it's economical, spiritual, or financial. There's things you can tie to naturally that are principles that are rooted in the word of God. And she said to him, even the world understands that there are crumbs that they're partaking of. And Jesus, Jesus told her, he said, what great wisdom you have, what great understanding you have to understand that even the crumbs from the master's table. And I think sometimes what we have done in ministry, and I'm sorry, sorry to say this ministry, is that a lot of times we have fed people crumbs instead of giving them the loaf. Come on. Come on. Yes. That's good. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Because crumbs will leave you Make you leave this building wanting want something more. But if you get a loaf, I love banana nut bread. Anybody like banana nut bread? That shouting turns right there. <laughs> I had a piece of the night, man. I had popcorn and I had I had a, I, I was on FaceTime. I, I, I'm a newlywed. Hello, somebody. <laughs> My wife is in the middle of transitioning from where she lives down to Tennessee and I was FaceTime another night. We was eating popcorn together. And I burnt my popcorn, Pastor Clint. <laughs> and I, but I went to Publix and I bought some banana nut bread. You know, that, that, that stuff is not homemade, but it's still good. <laughs> and, and I had it set beside me. And, 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 I, and I showed her through FaceTime. I looked at the pop, showed the popcorn. I said, baby, I burnt the popcorn. And she said, oh, that's okay. And I said, let's pray over it. Pray that God will do something with this burnt popcorn. And while she had her head bowed and her eyes closed, I stuck a piece of banana nut bread in the, in the, in the package. <laughs> she got through praying. I pulled it out. I said, look, baby, it's banana nut bread. <laughs> Won't God do it? <laughs> but I like banana nut bread. But I'm going to tell you something I like more than anything in this world, and that's the presence of God. There's nothing that can satisfy you more. There's nothing that will fulfill your life more. There's nothing that will encourage you more. There's nothing that will sustain you more. There's nothing that will keep you more than finding your place in God and understanding more than anything. I've got to have His presence, not just on Saturday night in the fourth dimension, but Sunday morning at the church down the road where your home church is. <laughs> kind of like an old farmer went to church one time and, and, and he got kicked out of the church eh? and, 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 and the, the, the ministers come down to the house and trying to pull him back into church he said well I'm just going to tell you I'm not wearing no suit like y'all wear I've got overhauls that's what I'm going to wear and so he said well you, you can't come out of church unless you got on pair of, uh, unless you got on suit pants he said well I just guess I won't come back so about a week went by they came back and they visited the farmer again 
Preachers came in. They said, well, Mr. Farmer said, we tried to see you come back and see if you'd change your mind. He said, you know, I'm glad you came back because I've been praying this week about what I should wear when I go to church. Should I put on a suit pan or can I keep my overhauls on? Because y'all kicked me out. He said, well, said, what did you come up with? He said, well, said, I asked the Lord about it. He said, the Lord told me, he said, y'all kicked him out a long time ago too. I'm going to tell you something. I refuse to have church or go to any function or any gathering anymore that we don't seek the presence of God. Come on. I, I, I've got some scripture I'm going to read tonight. You have your Bibles. You can, you can turn them if you don't. Just listen closely. If you listen fast, I'll talk fast. Okay? All right. Book of John chapter 8. Very familiar passage of scripture here. Account of the Word of God. The Bible said in verse number 31, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed Him, they already believed Him, right? If you abide in my word, you are my disciples. Indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, I'm not going to ask anybody that. I know what it's like. I've been locked up in jail a little bit. I know what it's like to have freedom. I know what it's like, Brother Mark, to have those handcuffs come off of you, to have the jail door swing open, and you're free from that thing. But when he's talking about free in the scripture here, he's not just talking about free from the handcuffs that are physically on your hands. He's not just talking about the, the bars that are physically in front of you if you're facing jail time, if you're in a prison somewhere. He's talking about the prison of your mind. Come on. He's talking about the prison of your heart. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants. And have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them. Most assuredly I say to you. Whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. John 15. And a slave does not abide in the house forever. But a son. Somebody say a son. son. There's a difference between a slave and a son. Yes sir. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Can somebody stick your hand in the air and say, Lord, I want to be free tonight. I want to be free of my past. I want to be free of the hurts. I want to be free of the broken hearts. I want, I want to be free of the bondage. I want to be free of the addiction. I want to be free of the ideas. I want to be free of everything in my life that's not of Him. But what I do want to be is, I do want to be a bondservant to Him and to His way and to His kingdom and to His word. Now I was thinking today, on the way up here, it occurred, to, it occurred to me that a lot of times we're busy as as, as human people. We like, we, you know, I, we all have an image we have to keep. Well, if you didn't, you wouldn't take it back. If you didn't, you wouldn't wash your feet. Thank God for washing your feet tonight. If you didn't, you didn't, you, if you didn't have some some type of idea of, or or, or, or a, a statue that you're trying to maintain, or you, I mean, nobody wants people to smell you, right? Nobody wants people to feel all this uncomfortable way around you if you've got an idea or a mindset about certain things. So we all have an idea. So what we do is a lot of times we catch these variables that are thrown at us. Right. We catch these. The Bible says these weights. Somebody say weights. Weights. You know the Bible talks about sin and weights. Right. Yeah. Set aside these sins and weights that does so easily entangle us or beset you. Then which version of the Bible you read? But the fact of the matter is, we all get entangled from time to time in life because it's part of who we are. It's part of trying to keep uh, the bills paid. It's part of trying to keep our stuff alive. It's part of trying to keep us in our identity of who we think that we are. Sometimes we don't even think uh, we, we are the person that the Word of God tells us that we are. Do you know the Bible calls you the children of light? Did you know the Bible called you the salt of the earth? 
Do you know the Bible called you to be the head and not the tail? He called you to be the overcomer and not the defeated. He called you to be above and not the... That's what the Word of God declares about you. But all the time, or, or oftentimes, we become subservient to things and ideas of other people. We become subservient to their thoughts and their ideas or even their translation about us. Because we've been through things and because we've been through uh, uh, this or that and all of a sudden they put a label on us. You know, anybody like dill pickles in here? Mm -hmm. Butter pickles? Butter? Anybody like pickles at all? Yeah. <laughs> How do you know what kind of pickle you're getting? You look at the label. Right. Uh -huh. People have labeled you with labels that don't belong to you. Oh, yeah. Come on. They labeled you as a dill pickle when the truth, the truth is you were bread and butter pickle. <laughs> <laughs> they label you because of the things you've been through and so that's how they identify with you. Can I get you heaven a little bit? Uh, Mark, you heaven for me? You can never hold your coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to use you first. Okay? Stand right here in the center if you don't mind. Stand over here. Come over here now. Why don't you stand right here? Face me now. Turn around face me. Now, you're pretty good at catch, right? Okay. So, a lot of times we go through life. Now, you got to catch everything that I throw at you. <laughs> everything. You have to catch it. You have to bounce it. You can't drop anything because this is your life. <laughs> this is your life. Your future depends on this. Your children depends on this. Your family depends on this. Your retirement depends on this. And how you balance life is how we sometimes interpret things. Right? So life throws us a curveball. We quit school. Guess what? That's one of those things. We get hooked on drugs. Guess what? It's one of those things. We go through a bad relationship. Guess what? It's one of those things. Guess what? We go through another bad relationship. Come on, you got to catch it now. Don't you got to hold on to all these. I'm throwing at you. We go through life's struggles, and all of a sudden, life is throwing us things, and we're trying our best to balance all these things that life is throwing at us because we got this image to keep, and we got to keep up the mentality that everybody, oh, wait a minute, you can't drop anything yet. You can't drop it. You got to catch it all. You got to catch it all. We got to balance everything. And we made a mistake. Oh no, we dropped it. Guess what? We got some good friends that's going to go over there and pick that up and hand that back to us. Hello, somebody. Yeah. It's your problem. You got to deal with it. That's what friends are for, right? So all of a sudden, we get these things that are throwing us a lot. No, you can't catch it all. <laughs> He's got to balance every one of those things. Come here, Brother Mark. Help me for a minute. I want you to toss a few at him, too. Uh -oh. Wait a minute. It's not just his problems he has to deal with. Now he's connected to people that try to put their problems on him. Come on. Come on. Hello, somebody. Come on. Come on. And then next thing you know, guess what? He's trying to catch his problems. He's trying to catch his problems. What did the bar fire away? He's trying to catch his problems. He's trying to catch them. You know, we got all these things going on. And the reality is, look, it may be confusing to him, but the warfare don't stop, folks. The battle don't stop. Guess what? The enemy keeps throwing things at us. That's right. Come and we're bombarded and we're confused and we're dazed. And we don't know which way to turn because everything around us looks like it's chaos. And the enemy is just keep bombarding us over and over and over. We got sickness. We got family problems. We got money problems. We got this problem. We got that problem. Guess what? That's that's what we do in life. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's good. <laughs> those are his problems. You got to bounce those, Lucas. You ain't done them yet. <laughs> and sometimes we go through life and we follow them. And the truth is, we do exactly what they're doing. Now we've engaged the help of our friends to come help us get our problems back. <laughs> we've engaged everybody around us to be involved in our issues. You know, one of Joseph's, I love the story of Joseph. One of, the, one of Joseph's probably 
His most fatal thing he done was he told his dream to the wrong people. If you look at the word of God, the people that he told his dream to weren't even his full blood brothers. They were his half brothers. And a lot of times in the church or in the body of Christ or even in life, we're busy trying to encourage people to help get behind our dream. And the reality is they're so jealous over our dream. They don't want us to succeed. Yeah. And so they hand us, you hand them to the Lord, they're his problems, he's got to handle them. He's got to hold them. <laughs> I know this is a silly illustration, but you got to look at this in life. This is the way we do life. We're trying to balance one thing, and we forget that our children's life is down here on the floor. Our finances are down here on the floor. And we get all these things in life, and before you know it, we're burning down. That's good right there. We're, we're going to pretend like you got them all right there, okay? <laughs> <laughs> He's got at least two or three. We're going to pretend like all those are in his arms. But before you know it, we're bombarded with everything in life. And so when we come into a place like this, and they tell us to lift our hands and worship God. Mm. Come on. We're bound by what people have said about us. Yeah. We're bound by what trouble we've been into. We're bound by ideas and addictions and failures and all these things in life. And so we come into a place and they're trying to, for the mark, and different ones are trying to encourage you to lift your hands to God and surrender everything to God. And we're saying, but God, I've got all this stuff. Come on, Pat. <laughs> I'd love to lift my hands and I'd love to be free, but God, don't you see? Don't you see my broken heart? Don't you see the relationship with the person who left me on the side of the road? Don't you see, God, the, the financial issues that I have? We hold on to all these things. Come on. Wow. And over and over and over, our life becomes this cycle of holding on to things that don't even belong to us. Mm. Oh, yeah, you can identify that trouble with me. You can identify that problem with my life, but that doesn't identify me. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what this is? This is a piece of my history, but you know what? That doesn't identify who I am. Come on. Say that. You can identify me with having this problem and that problem and all these things going on in life. But really and truly, what, what you don't see is what's on the inside of this person. Yes. There was a painting years ago that came out. You get a hold of those? A little bit. Okay. <laughs> We're going to test you. <laughs> there was a painting that came out many years ago called Morel and the, the man that recently bought the painting paid like 300 million dollars for the painting and there was some New York investor that wanted the painting and, and I forget exactly how the story goes but it's along these lines and so they had this party because he was going to sell this painting for like three times what he bought it for so this big, this, they was having a party. The man had took, taken the painting, he put it on an easel. They had a big party at his house. And they had the painting set up there on display for everybody to see. Well, the man that owned the painting was a little bit blind, a little bit. Had a few health problems. And the story went on to say that during this time that he was had this a ceremony going on where he was celebrating that he was selling the painting to this investor in New York and that he was getting three times the amount of money for it. All of a sudden, somewhere in the process of him giving a speech, he stumbled and fell into the painting. Mm. It tore the painting. So, he, so this, this guy calls the investor and says, look, man, I'm just going to tell you, he said, you know, the painting is destroyed. It's not worth anything. It, it, it's, it's not even valuable anymore because I stumbled into it and I tore the painting and, 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 and I, I, you know, I, I'm just going to send your money back to you and I'll keep the painting and so forth. The guy says, sure, that's fine, not a problem. Send me my money. Goes on, he's hunting for a guy 
that, that can repair the paintings of, of this famous artist. And so over in England somewhere, I forget where it was, I think it was England, the story went on to say that he found a man who could repair the painting. And the man comes and look, it's going to take me probably about a year to repair the painting. So he makes the decision to have it sent over. A year goes by, comes back to him, and the guy delivers the painting back to the house. And he tells the owner, he says, let me tell you something. He said, I just want you to know, from the front side, you'll never see it was ever torn. From the front side of the painting, nobody will ever tell you that that painting was damaged. But whatever you do, don't ever let them see. Turn around a minute. Don't ever let them see the backside. Because the backside, you're going to see all the stitching and all the ugly taping and all the mudding and all the ugly gluing that had to go on in order to get the front side looking correct. And so sure enough, turn back around. So sure enough, the painting was beautiful again and, and, and the guy had put it on display and whatever. And the same investor called him back. He said, listen, he said, I'll pay you another $200,000 more than what, the, than what I offered the first time. Wow. He said, let me get this straight. You were paying me three times already. Now you're going to pay me another large sum more than what I had, what you had then. He said, I sure am. He said, why would you do that? He said, because now there's a story that goes with the painting. Sometimes the things that you think you're going through, you're saying, God, I'm so damaged beyond repair. I don't know how in the world yeah. people are going to see me. I don't know how in the world even the church world is going to see me or judge me. But I'm going to tell you something. God says, you know what? I've already invested everything I need to invest in you. He says, I love you so much that I sent my son to die for you. I sent my son to purchase you. And whatever you think that you're worth, guess what? God says, I'm going to give you more for it. The things we go through in life sometimes are not things necessary to destroy us, but things that help build character in us. They help, they help us to understand life a lot of times. And the fact of the matter is, Jesus in this, in this account, in, 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 the, in the Bible, John here, in the book of John, He's telling them, I want you to be free. I want you to be free from the thoughts of what people think about you. Myself included, I'm raising my hand. How many want to be free from the thoughts of what people think about you? I got both of them up. How many want to be free from the problems of the heart that try to keep you from loving people? Oh, Lord help us. Sometimes we get locked up in that wound and we get entangled. We get entangled in the hurt and in the pain. And all of a sudden, we've judged everybody we've looked at because of the pain we've been through. And all of a sudden, we've categorized every man as a womanizer. Or we've categorized every woman as a whatever else you want to call them. And that's what, that's what our hurt does to us. Our emotions and our things that we have in mind. That, that, that's why as a child of God, we can't be driven by our emotions. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. I don't know about you, but somewhere or another we've got to put away the things that people have done to us. We gotta put away. I, I, I understand how many how many's been church hurting here. Let me see your hand. I've been in, I've raised my hand. And I get it. There's a thing that went around years ago, went on social media with hashtag church hurt. Anybody remember that? It's amazing how we, we go to church and we get upset about they didn't let us sing, they didn't sing the right song, they didn't sing in the right key, they didn't call my name, the preacher didn't shake my hand, but Mark didn't even recognize who I was, and I've been there twice already. <laughs> and so we get, we get caught up in all this stuff and we're leaving church hurt well, let me ask you a question how many of you ever shopped at Walmart Publix, Kroger mm -hmm. Target, I hope not but anyway 
But how many times have you been to those places and you bought something that didn't work? Did you get on social media and say, Walmart hurt? <laughs> Walmart just hurt me. I ain't never going back there again. I bought this little $3 gadget and I plugged it in and didn't work. Well, it was $3. What do you expect? But a lot of times we're caught in this battle of trying to balance. I'm just going to let you go really quick, okay? Because I know you're really struggling right now. I see it all. Y'all see it's all over his face. <laughs> We're busy in life and we're trying to hold everything mm -hmm. together. Yep. And the reality is we have nothing. We have nothing left in us to give God. Wow. Because we're trying to... This gets my worship. Mm -hmm. Come on. This gets my praise. Mm -hmm. This gets my life. Yeah. And it entangles us. Yeah. But, I, but the scripture goes on and Jesus says, He says, who the Son is set free is free. Indeed. Indeed. Do you know what it means to be free? To be totally free. If I were to sell, tell you, Lucas, man, you've got a great load on you right there. Mm-hmm. But to be free, you've got to be willing to let go. Yeah. Your mama hurt you. I know your mom didn't hurt you. <laughs> your mama hurt you. School system hurt you. You got all these things going on. But to really be free, Lucas, you've got to be willing to say, God, I'm letting it all go. All yeah. And it means, what you say? You use the word surrender exactly where I'm going to. Yeah. I remember one time I was at a place in Dalton, Georgia. I just left the crack house. We had a party one night. Next morning I got up and I think I was the only guy in the house that had a car. I know none of y'all been there, but I was. <laughs> left the party one night. We smoked crack all night long. Pulled out of the driveway. Guy that I didn't even I didn't even know his name was in the house. He says, Hey man, you mind giving me a ride to my grandmother's? I'm yeah, cool, let's go, bro. Put him in the car with me. Pulled out of the driveway, went down two blocks to a four-way stop sign. As soon as I stopped my car, cops surrounded me. Mm. <laughs> Pulled their guns out. You know the first thing I did? Surrender. <laughs> I surrendered. And that's the thing you need to do to God tonight. You need to say, God, I hear the Holy Spirit tonight pulling the Holy Ghost guns out on me. That's good. Trying to arrest my heart and trying to captivate my mind for the purpose of the kingdom. And I choose tonight, Father, to surrender. Let's surrender. Let it all go. Yeah. And when you do that, all those things put your hands up there. All those things, guess what? They don't belong to you anymore. Hallelujah. Jesus said like this. He said, take my yoke upon you because yeah. my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Guess what? Don't, don't get yoked up with somebody else that's going to cause me, cause you get problems and things. Get Ooh. yoked up and bonded up with Man, God because God Say is your that. provider. Here's a lesson. Yeah. Good work. Here's a lesson. Yeah. 
done except for what I asked him to do. Right? He went right back down yeah. and started picking up the same things he just let loose of. So you know what I have to do every time? Every time you have to re-surrender to God. Mm-hmm. Every time. Yes. Listen, it's okay. You may have made a mistake or two. I've made one in my life. Look around and somebody smile at them. Show them your pretty wife. Or something. <laughs> if you ain't got none, look at Boris and somebody. It's not only that. <laughs> but oftentimes we go back and we pick those things up. Thank God. I appreciate that. Give Brother Lucas and Brother Mark a good hand tonight.
You don't think God has a plan for your life? Even in your running, God's got a plan. The Bible said that He caused the fish to swallow Jonah. And that fish, how, how magnificent is it that God would allow a fish who represents an idol to the people of Nineveh to pull upon shore, regurgitate a man out of his mouth, who comes out and saying, repent for the kingdom of God's at hand. Uh-huh. <laughs> what a plan that God had for an idol, a fish who represented an idol to say, the idol's not the way, Jesus is the way. Yes. Come on. Come on. Yes. Heard a story one time about a young boy who was in class, in science class, and they were talking, and, and the teacher was talking about whales uh, 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 and so forth. And the little boy raised his hand and said, Teacher, said, you know, I learned in Sunday school that there was a man in the Bible named Jonah who got swallowed by a whale. And the teacher said, Son, I'm going to tell you, don't listen to that stuff. There's no such thing. There's not a whale whose throat's big enough to swallow a man. And, and, and so you can't listen to that stuff. And the little boy said, Well, Teacher, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. He said, I, I don't know who to believe what. I tell you what, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Jonah if he got swallowed by a whale. And the teacher asked him, well, well that, that's fine, but what, what if Jonah ain't in heaven? And the little boy said, then you can ask him. <laughs> Sometimes we got to make up our mind. We're going to believe the word of God over whatever else the enemy tries to tell us. And that's what's going on in our world today. There's a spirit of confusion that's hit the earth and it's, it, it is, it's, it's helping people to misidentify who they are. Yeah. That's why you got men wanting to be women and women wanting to be men and, and, and this person wants to be that person and fat people want to be skinny and skinny people want to be fat because there's an identity problem going on in the earth today that I come to tell you that there's a group of men and women. Even some of you are in this place today. God has anointed you for such a time as this. There are Esther sitting in this room. There are Elijah sitting in this room today. And you've got to make up your mind, God, I'm going to surrender everything that I've got, my mindset, my heart, my problems, everything, God. I'm surrendering to you today because there's a great call. Yeah. 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 Listen. Glory. You give me five minutes to raise your hand. Sure. Five minutes to see him. Five, <laughs> ten, fifteen, twenty. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Seriously, the best thing you can do tonight is say, "God, I want to be free." Yeah. Yes. Yes. I want to be free from the heartache. I want to be free from the pain. I remember years ago, 2016, I went through a really bad place in life. And I, I, thought, I thought at one time in my life I was at rock bottom. To only find out at 16 I really hit bottom. I wasn't on drugs or anything, but it went through really bad relationship. I lost everything. I had a successful business. I lost it. House, trucks, skis, jet skis, boat, horses. I sold it all. Sold everything. Can I be transparent? Yes. I sold it all and abandoned my position as an owner of a company in Murfreesboro over a relationship because I thought she was the one. To only find out that less than a month, month and a half later it was a complete disaster and con. Hmm. Lost everything. Wow. Everything. I had walked away from a business in January of 15. Had all my debt paid off, Pastor Howard, and I had $92,000 cash money in my bank free and clear to me. That thing, after I paid everything off, sold everything, 
free and clear. To get entangled with this situation that in October of that year, when I had to walk away from the relationship, I had to. Because sometimes we get so busy trying to save other people, we lose ourselves. Come on. Wow. I'm not your Superman. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Yes.
It was six minutes and 40 something seconds almost. Six minutes. You know, after three minutes, your brain loses oxygen. And you can be brain dead. But for six minutes. So she was special to me because I'm the one that carried her down the hallway in 2005 when she was born. Praying, declaring the word of the Lord over her. Life wasn't down the hallway of the hospital. But somewhere or another, in that night in prayer, her face came up before me. And I knew if I took my life that night, it would forever alter hers. Yes. Yeah. Say that. You said, that's a crazy way to think, but I'm going to tell you something. That's how God got to me. Yeah. He may get to you a different way. But he used the person, the one thing that at that time was the most important thing in my life. Mm -hmm. My baby girl. Mm -hmm. To flash before my eyes for me to see that I needed to change. Amen. And I thought I was so broken because, see, I was in church. Mm -hmm. I was. I went to church. I was dealing with church hurt issues at the time. I thought at that moment that I had voided every call of God on my life because of the things that I got myself entangled with. And as I sat there that morning with the pistol in my mouth, Jay, and I was praying, and my baby's face come before my eyes, Pastor Glenn. I just began to repent. For me thinking that I could void the call of God on my life. The things that I entangled myself with. I thought I done went too far. I done too many things. See, I can't really tell my whole testimony because some people can't afford to hear you tell your whole testimony. If they knew the things you've really done behind those doors, Oh. Yeah. And the reason I say that tonight because maybe somebody sitting in this room and maybe sitting back there thinking, man, I've, done, I've, I've been through life and I've been through this and I've been through that. I've had heartache and turmoil. I've been broken. I've been left for dead. And I've been thrown away. I've been discarded. I've been put aside. I've been, I've been discounted. And the enemy may be in your mind right now telling you that you'll never do what you know the Lord called you to do. But I'm going to tell you something. As sure as I'm standing here right now. If the enemy is in your mind and he's telling you that you'll never do the thing that God has called you to do, guess what? You can rest assured that you're going to do. Brother Tiffany, how do you know that? Because I'm going to tell you something. When I was out here doping it up, the devil, the devil never came to me one time, Pastor Howard, and said, man, you need to get some, you, you need to get some salvation. Yeah. <laughs> and he did Crazy thing. He always put things in front of me that get me go further and further and further. Yeah, yeah. And like I've said so many times, sin will take you places you don't want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. And it'll cost you more than you, than you ever heard about. That's right. But tonight, somebody say tonight. Tonight. But tonight, there is freedom in this house. Come on, the enemy may be in your mind or your heart today or even this week. or I know it's, it's Saturday and you may have been through some things Monday through Friday this week. And you may have even been through something last night or even this morning that you're dealing with or whatever. You're still having to process through. But I'm going to tell you something. If you're here tonight under the sound of my voice, I come to let you know there is a promise to you. Somebody say, I've got a promise. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. I don't know about you, but I just want to make sure the enemy hears me loud and clear tonight. I'm going to be free in Jesus. 
for everything the Lord has over my life. I'm going to be free of addiction. I'm going to be free in my mind. My eyes are going to be free from the captivity of this world. My ears are going to be free from what the enemy is trying to get me to hear. My heart is going to be free to love and to, and to be loved like God wants me to be. I want to challenge you tonight as they sing a song. If you're here tonight and you're saying to me, Brother Tipton, I really need to be free. I want to be free tonight. There's some things, matter of fact, if you don't mind, just bow your heads with me for a moment. If you don't mind, just bow your heads. Father, I pray tonight. That the spirit of freedom would reign in this place, Lord. God, the, the Holy Ghost would move right now by your power. God, would arrest every mind that's not of you, Lord. God, would take into captivity the hearts of the men and women of God in this building today, Father. And God, we speak to the dry bones. Yeah. We speak, God, to the dreams that have been given to your men and women tonight. We speak to those situations that look like they're dead and they're dying, God, that we know is called from you, Father. And we speak to the four winds tonight and we say, come Holy Spirit and blow upon our bones, God. Come Holy Spirit and blow upon our life, Lord Jesus. Come Holy Spirit and blow upon my mind and my heart and my family and my finances and everything around my life tonight. If you're here tonight and you want to be free, come on, I dare you. Raise your hands and say, I want to be free tonight. Come on, freedom belongs to you. Freedom belongs to you tonight. Freedom belongs to you. Now to all of you that raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. I'm going to ask you to be bold. Because as a child of God, you've got to be bold. You were bold enough to search after the dope. You were bold enough to go search after the alcohol, the man or the woman. I'm going to ask you tonight with everything you've got to make your way to this altar. Say, God, I'm going to be bold for you tonight. In the name of Jesus, I'm coming to be free. Come on. Come on. That's it. Come on. Run if you have to. Come on. Make up your mind tonight. I'm going to be free. I'm free in this place. Come on. Come on. Yes, Lord. Have a good evening.